I'm Carolyn. And I'm Bethany. And we are Sisters in Song. And today we have the pleasure of having a couple of members from the band Oakdale Drive. They are a band from a small town of Aden, North Carolina, which consists of August Meyer on vocals and guitar, Vincent DiGiozio on vocals and bass, and Jose Ticante on drums. Together, they have released a debut album, a Christmas single, and their newest single entitled Dead Ringer. They are currently writing and recording a concept album and are playing shows around Eastern North Carolina. They've amassed over 7.9 thousand streams on Spotify this year to listeners across 68 countries. So glad to have you. I guess first question, can you tell us how you all got started in music and like what got you interested in writing songs? How'd you meet each other and all that? Oh, um, so the band actually formed uh, by our friend of ours, Jaden Pesco. He was uh, a friend from high school. And one day we, I had a bio in a like a, a slideshow production for like at Get to Know You in class kind of thing. It was for a math class. And I, I put that I've been starting to learn guitar and I learned five string banjo. For, I was Scott David was a big influence on me. Uh, but yeah, he read the bio and he was like, hey, man, I'm trying to learn guitar, too. Uh, you think we could jam together sometime? And the, the next day he came to my house and we wrote a song together. We, the first three months of us starting out, we didn't play any covers. We only just wrote things. And it, 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 was, it was pretty crap stuff. And then he came along. Do you remember when you came along? I do remember because it was the day that Spider-Man No Way Home came out because I had to miss it. It was like the 17th of December, 2021. <laughs> I remember the day exactly that I came in. I would have came like sometime around like late November to like start practicing for that. And we played on, on the stage. So how did you get into music though? Like before How did I get into music? Oh, it was during COVID. Uh, I was so bored. I just picked up guitar and I wanted to just like learn a whole entire song and I tried and I just was so frustrated. I tried to play a D minor. That was the first chord I ever learned. Oh, but then I just played every day until then and then just try to get better every day. How did you get started? So I had a friend on Xbox named John, someone who had, who had been like playing Xbox online. He had, he had played guitar. I don't know how he got into it. And he would always like play it in like Xbox parties in between games. And I thought it was really cool. But I didn't want to get guitar because he had guitar. I wanted to be like a companion. So I decided to like get a bass guitar. I started on that. And also because of uh, just like uh, there was a bass line from Nirvana's Nevermind that I really loved. It's a song called Lounge Jack. And, you know, guitar just kind of like came earlier, like later that year. I do play guitar, but I do primarily still consider myself a bass player. Like that's my thing. I, I love the bass guitar so much. I love the sound of it. When they needed a bass player, I was super stoked and I was super available because I wasn't really doing much. So where does the name Oakdale Drive come from? It's actually a very basic name. Uh, we didn't have a name for like four months. And our high school band teacher, his name's Mr. Blackman, he asked us, he was like, all right, so you have a band. What's your name? And we were like, we have no idea. Like, we had no clue what the name is. And he was like, what do you live on? I said, Oakdale Drive. Yeah. He was like, that's it. We're on and we, we didn't consider anything else. We were just like, all right, fine, we're Oakdale Drive. We are on Oakdale Drive right now. Currently, this house is on Drive. Well, that's fantastic. But you can never move now, though, right? You can't no. stay there forever. A lot of uh, promotional pictures in front of the, the street sign. I want to know more about this concept album. Yes. It's like, so the, the album that we're currently working on, am I allowed to give the title away? So this is the first time the title has ever been said. It's called, well, it's called Travel to Eternity. And it kind of comes from this idea that 
you know, my biggest fear in the world, not to get too existential, has always been time. Because, like, no amount of money or power can ever stop you from time. It, it'll always keep marching forward. And, you know, that kind of, it's where this whole thing started. And I think it's just an entire album that deals with themes of, of time and the vastness of space. And, you know, sometimes you want time to slow down and you want to live in a little bubble. And sometimes, um, you know, you just wish everything went by a lot faster. It's almost like a chronicle of uh, at least the parts that I wrote of it, or like my teenage years and just like, you know, wondering where I fit in and what I'm going to do. And, you know, high school went by really fast for me. And that really, that really kind of is what, what put this in my head. It's just like, wow, four years and it's over. And that felt like nothing. And I kind of wish like, it's crazy because I both wish it had gone faster and slower at the same time. And it kind of just inspired me to be like, what if there was a whole album that we did that was just about like, you know, where you are and how things are and how fast things are going and just your place and everything, figuring it all out. Like just existentialism, essentially. You know when it will come out? Yeah, we're very busy with recording. Probably am thinking in summertime next year. That's the earliest. That was a lot of time, but it almost feels like it's not enough. But hopefully it will come out 2024. Originally we aimed for summer. We're still aiming for summer. And as of now, it seems doable. But, you know, it, the possibility that could be a little bit later is still on the table. We're okay with that. We haven't announced a release date for that very reason that mm. we're kind of trying to give ourselves the flexibility because we don't want to like be locked in a deadline and release something that's not as great as it could be, you know. When it's ready, it'll be ready. And our, our newest single, Dead Ringer, we recorded it at the same time we were doing the concept album, but yeah. we wanted to give the audience like a taste of what's to come. Yeah. So that was kind of the tone and the style we were going for. The first album, which I played a few songs on, but was written pretty much entirely before I got here by him and Jaden Pesco, who we mentioned earlier, is a very different kind of album stylistically. How would you describe the first album? It's very uh, lo-fi, acoustic, oh folk rock. This is more like punk adjacent, the garage rock. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's definitely a lot more harder and based more on energy. So Dead Ringer is supposed to be, I guess, a, an appetizer to be like, well, we're kind of a different band now. It'll shock people who listen to the first Oakdale Drive album and then like Travel to Eternity comes out and they're like, whoa, what was that? We released Singles are going to be like, okay, so this is kind of a new sound that they're experimenting with. That's cool. I can't wait till it comes out in the summer. Oh, nice. Have you ever written songs or, or like collaborated with anybody else besides your band members, written for someone else? Sometimes I would have people, I have kind of side projects here and then. Friends would be just coming over randomly and we just start jamming on something. We'd just see what happens. Like I just create riffs sometimes out of nowhere and sometimes it turns into full on songs, but we're not at the, I don't think we're at the level yet we can write for someone else. I, I kind of have lyrics a little more important than music because I, I want the lyrics to like paint a picture right. and use a lot of vivid imagery in a lot of the songs. Like a lot of the songs in the new album, I sat down for like an hour and just wrote out the lyrics and does this line fit? Does this line make sense? Is this line good? And I asked Vinny and I, we got second opinions. And like the lyrics on this next album, we really have gone into depth and focused on them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. And I mean, I do care about the lyrics, but I, I don't, I've never written a song before where the lyrics existed before the song. And I think that's because I've always really, so I listen to a lot of Metallica and ZZ Top, and they both have a lot of instrumental work. So I kind of can take a song that doesn't have lyrics and enjoy it. So usually I write something. I don't write it with an intended to be an instrumental, but I write it as if it was an instrumental first. And then I add a melody and say, okay, what could this song be about? Every once in a while, it'll like I'll just hear the music and be like, okay, that's what it's about. And I'll know the general theme, but sometimes 
like the whole instrumental and the and the melody and everything, every part of it's completed. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? So that's kind of like the difference uh, between us. And I think balance each other out very well. Songwriting partners. We don't write exclusively together. We're not like Lennon yeah. and McCartney that we bring. We're just like, hey, can we add a line? Can we add a verse? Can we add this music? You know, a very good example of this is one of the tracks on this album, the third one. Should we say the name of this song? What Let's just call it The Backseat. One of the tracks on this album, I think the most literal representation of that is a song that I wrote like the main verse to and then like all the instrumental I mean to it and then he came through and added lyrics and a chorus. It's the most literal example of me writing a bunch of music and him being able to just put lyrics first. He actually wrote it. I had a guitar in my backseat of my car and driving it home and he wrote this kind of piece of music. I was like, oh, that's cool. Can I work on that? But I took it that weekend and wrote some stuff to it and then we... We went back together on the following week and just kind of wrote the song. And then we performed it a week uh, later. What do you guys do when you struggle with a song or get, ever get writer's block? And how do you handle that? Oh, yeah, I get I get writer's block <laughs> a lot. You want to talk about your writer? Uh, really funny thing is this album is mostly me. The last album was a lot of him. And I think the one after it will be a lot of him, too, because this has been really stressful. Before this album that we're working on, I didn't really write anything for the band. I used to write with a friend of mine named Sierra when I first started around 2019. Yeah. I kind of just stopped writing music. And then when I got back in the band, I was kind of complacent with just playing whatever they had written. And that's how it was for like over a year, almost two years. And then it was the summertime of this year. I just like graduated from school. And all of a sudden I had like whatever the opposite of writer's block, I just had an explosion of ideas. Like I... I kid you not, it was like from like 1 a.m. to 7 a.m., I literally composed like half of this album's instrumentals. I put like six songs together. I was like, what is, I've not written like this in years. He would also send me the songs immediately once he written it too. Like I said, I never, I'd written an instrumental for our first album and that was kind of it. And then all of a sudden I was just like, man, I, for an album on its own, it was like seven or eight songs and, and a lot of those are still up here. One of them might have gone a different way. And, but like some, other, I've written some other songs since then that have gone into the album and then i've also been like written dead ringer there's been a few but like that was like the first big explosion and that's where a lot of the the, the album songs come from and that was really weird i don't know what triggered that but i just suddenly just had like the greatest like creative moment of my entire life just one night at like 1 a.m he told me about this concept album and i kind of took it into my own world and was like okay what should i and how do i write it with this style so in like a couple of weeks, he told me to write three or four songs. I had like six done. So we had to pick and choose between which one was, you know, okay. And then which one didn't really fit. And we, we've constantly, you know, battled over the track. Uh, it's not exactly the same as it was when we first conceptualized it. I think I would like to think that it's in its final form, but you never know. I mean, I thought that before, you know, either of us could write something tomorrow that's just good numbers. Like, well, this this has to go. As far as I'm concerned right now, this, the album is as it's going to be. can't realistically account for things that might spring up. So all I can say is I think. We figured out the track list. Have you been playing any of the other songs live besides Dead Ringer? Oh, yeah. We basically, what we want to do, try to do once every month. But we try to, with respect to the covers that we do, we try to present all of our new songs in a live format just to see the audience reaction. 
Are the one that we're performing in a couple of minutes called a Hilton Rooftop and Rome. Yeah, we've done that nine times since we first written it. Just to just to see what, how people like. One song got onto the album as a single. It's one of those songs that I added later that wasn't a part of that initial like creative batch. And we got back, we said that's on the album, and then like a few days later, we're like, that's a single. As a matter of fact, yeah, we were humming the chorus to the song people. that they just heard. That was like a sleeper. I I just put that up there because I thought it would be fun. So yeah, that one really fought its way onto the track list. Outside of songwriting, what other things do you guys do just for fun? Me, Vinny, and Jose, who's our, our drummer, he's he drums on. We try we're trying to get him on most of the the track list for yeah. the album. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. He actually he's not in the band anymore. Technically, he doesn't play with us live. He played with us um, for about a, a while. He's about six him. months. Yeah, we loved him. And then, you know, didn't have time to practice anymore. It's like album is like his, his coda. It's like his farewell. He's coming in. He's going to play on it, even though he's not technically like a traveling member of a band. You know, we went to New York with him. And some people, you know, they go to the big city and they, they're really disappointed. I think it's called Paris Syndrome when you go to a city and it's like not the idealized. I have like the opposite version of that. I was like, oh, it's New York. Like, it's cool. I was actually almost expecting Paris Syndrome. Like, expecting it to be okay. It blew me away. I'm I'm in love with it. I, I I would love to go again. That's one of my favorite places I've ever been. One of our songs was in a short film uh, at a film festival in New York City. It was from the first album. And the Jaden Pesto, what we were talking about earlier, he actually starred in the film. He unfortunately couldn't come. We got to see... Our song on the big screens, that was pretty cool. In Manhattan. To your question about you know, what do we do outside of the band, Cook a Lot called Cooking in the Kitchen. And that was the first song I kind of wrote for the album. And that kind of, you know, segued the folk rock kind of thing. We put a mandolin, a double bass, a uh, banjo, mm-hmm. and uh, some guitar. We had a guitar solo. And I, that's one of my personal favorites from probably from the first album because it was you know like a hobby I did that I was like this is so fun I'm just gonna write a song about it, it came together it's on Spotify now because the album came out I played double bass for our uh, well his high school I graduated uh, earlier this year we allowed to ask how old you are just turned 19 like like two weeks ago I'm 17 no, I know I said my biggest fear is time I'm horrified about it I got less than 365 days left as a teenager and that is not sitting with me a year from now if someone asks me how old i am i think i'm gonna freeze up if i have to say 20 so afraid well you guys seem like you are gonna have a really bright future ahead yeah. i'm excited so we have we have three questions that we ask everybody who are your influences i already said scott avid of the Avid. more recently paul mccartney huge yeah. influence he the way he just plays everything like I've tried to do that on like cooking in the kitchen. I really admire how he can just go into a studio, record everything, produce, mix everything. It's just like I made a record. That's it. Uh, Paul McCartney's big influence. David Gilmour. I can't really solo well. I can't really do the like the fast kind of thing. So his solos, like they they give me kind of relief. I I would have to say because I if I try to do some like fast thing i'm like what would david gilmore do he would do it slow so a lot of the songs on the new album that i solo which is i think two right now i try to just keep that in mind and just like play it melodic add to the song that kind of thing but that those are probably my biggest influences what about you Benny? i want to shout out mccartney because mccartney is, is legendary i don't know how much influence he has in my music personally i think there's some metallica in there i think there's some unspoken nirvana and foo fighters i don't really bring that up a lot but i think that's a lot of because that's like the thing that got me into this at first, you know, Metallica and Nirvana and Foo Fighters are, are a lot of those. Pearl Jam is is what I appreciate a lot. One influence I really talk about is like Michael Jackson. I love the I love the melodic nature of Michael Jackson's music. Um, I also love Bill Withers. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he's so soulful. I try to write like Bill Withers. 
Nothing comes close to Bill Withers. Yeah, he's so cool. So this one's kind of a hard question. Uh -oh. Do you have a favorite lyric or song? And it can be something you wrote. It can be something one of your favorites wrote or just something that kind of sticks out to you. What is it and why does it stand out for you? Hey, it was, it's a John Lennon song. It's called Beautiful Boy, Darling Boy. It's from his Double Fantasy album. And the lyric is, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. I think that's such a prophetic lyric, if that makes sense. It's just so, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, ah, like that's beautiful. And it was so sad that he, it was about his son and he died the year it was released. So hard to listen to. And actually Paul McCartney heard that song in an interview and he just started crying. Well, I could say the entirety of either Living Color, Colors, Cult of Personality, or Billy Joel's Vienna, because those are my two favorite songs ever. But if I had to pick one, it would be um, Vienna's Chorus. Uh, you know that when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can just get old. I know I've talked a lot about like my fear of growing up, but that song's like really helped me a lot. Probably one of my, my favorite song ever. What advice would you all give to new songwriters or new musicians? I feel like people should be giving us advice. Keep doing it and do it a lot. Like you got to do it with practice. And if you're any good, if you keep on doing it, you're just going to get better. And it's good to have, you know, a partner in crime. Yes. To kind of share your ideas. If you have, if you're like a solo artist, you know, I'll, I'll prop to you. Good, good job. But um, if you have someone to tell you, like, dude, lose this chorus. This chorus is not great. It's really refreshing. Or if someone, if your writing partner is like, oh, that's really good. You should keep that. Gives you that kind of motivation to do it more. Right. I, I was going to say something adjacent to that. I was going to say, if you if you are writing with people, you know, never alienate them. Because, you know, you always want someone there who you're very open to listening to, who can tell you when something's good and when something's not. You know, you never want, really want to. Like be very close-minded about what you're letting to your song. You know you don't want to you don't want to change anything because you know in the future they might not say anything and you might miss out on that perfect thing that they come up with. See, you gave great no, advice. Time for your shameless plug. Where can we hear your music? See you live. We we already talked about your amazing album that's coming up. What else do you got in the work? He always is the our song is on airplanes. The Christmas song every it's on time. Airplanes. Every time I tell that to so many people, and they're just like, I don't care, but I care. Like he's so daughter. proud of the plane effect. Yeah. Other than the airplanes, you can find it anywhere. Music is her Apple Music, Spotify, our YouTube channel. We have a lot of you know behind the song kind of thing. Uh, YouTube live shows. Uh, if you're around Aiden, North Carolina, then you will be great. You can come see us. I don't know about anywhere else, but we're looking to do a lot more live shows. What's the name of the Christmas song? It's Christmas time on Oakdale Drive. Oh, I we tried to get it to say it's Christmas time on Oakdale Drive on the platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. They emailed me and they were like, we can't do that. And I we had to put it's Christmas time on in parentheses. In parentheses. Well, well, we would love to hear you guys play a song for us. Oh yeah, let's wow. do and it. This is the fifth track on Travel to Eternity. It's been played, you said nine times? It's been played nine times, yeah. And it's about a trip that I took to Italy last summer. We usually do an electric version of this song with the, you know, pretty heavy hitting drums. So, but we've done acoustic maybe uh, once in the past, so this is pretty, we might be a little rusty. It's pretty intimate. Yeah. You ready? Yep. Okay.
was fantastic. Thank you. It was very nerve-wracking. The first one's always hard. At any show, you know, the second song is always easy. The first song of the night is like, we played one recently, my legs were shaking. I thought I was going to collapse. I was trembling. We're so excited about your new album that you guys are ones to watch for sure. Definitely listeners, if you are in or around Aiden, North Carolina or Greenville, go check these guys out. Guys, I'm excited to see where you go. <laughs> Just, you know, if you got other, we're so grateful that you were able to take this time to meet with us because Absolutely. this is amazing. August and Vinny definitely seem like old musical souls. They are way beyond their years in their humility, in their kindness, and in their musical abilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out Oakdale Drive on their Instagram and their Spotify and anywhere you stream music. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and post it to your social media and be sure to like, rate, and review. If you're a musician and you want to be interviewed on our podcast, please email us at nashvillehotchickenmusic at gmail.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you and hope y'all look forward to hearing from us. Thanks for listening to Sisters in Song.